Hi, Kim. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty well. Happy summer afternoon. It is sweltering. I don't think I've spent more than 10 minutes outside in a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's been pretty hot. So makes me wish I had access to a pool Mm. more than I could enter my car via water slide. (laughs) That would be nice. These these are, these are goals. (laughs) It's been a while since we have recorded. Things have been busy. So give us some updates. What's going on with you? Well, I, you kind of know what the latest thing that has been going on, because you were there too. We were just at the Computer Science Teachers Association Conference in Chicago, and it was kind of amazing. I feel like I was expecting more of a personal update from you. Oh, personal (laughs) update? (laughs) Eh, I'm still in school. I'm taking a summer class. Um, I've got what we call a comp exam, which I really hate these names, because doesn't that sound like it's a exam that you sit down and answer questions for or a compilation of a lot of things yeah well what it is is it's it is more of a compilation so you're kind of yes giving yourself a question and then you're looking in the literature researching in the literature for what have other people been doing around this question and writing a 17 page paper you know oh that is not where I expected you to go with that oh my goodness (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And then prepping for the CS Institute, which starts next week. And depending on when this podcast is out, the launch of it might have passed. We're launching it on July 25th. But once it's launched, it is out there online for anybody to access. And it's five modules of really pretty amazing professional development that you can do asynchronously at your own pace online. And I was just listening back. It's going to be a lot of new content, but we're also, this is, uh, how many years have we done it now? That was my next question is how many years of the CS Institute is this? Well, we did two years online and then three years before that. So that makes this year six, right? But from the last two years when we were doing online, we also recorded a bunch of material. And so we're reusing some of that. And I went back to listen to it and, and I'm like, wow, we actually it sounds like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, who's this person who sounds like me? She's so smart and amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about that and excited that it's a free resource because I guess one of the things I learned at CSTA is while there's much more focused on K-8, I was looking back, I went in person to CSTA the last time in person it was way back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and I, w- I was actually a presenter then and it, it wasn't, it was almost CSTA. It was another organization, two organizations that kind of came together, but I felt like I was surrounded by a lot of high school teachers um, teaching yeah. computer science, which is great. Right. But there was hardly any representation of K-8 and this conference I've been, the last two years have been online and I've, I've been part of that. And I've seen the growth in K-8, but seeing it like in person and all these sessions that are focused on K-8, you know, really made me feel good. Like we're going in a direction. I think we got to do it all right. K-12, not just, not just high school, not just elementary, but like the whole thing. So that was great. And then like a huge emphasis on diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity, like that was just front and center at this conference. So that was great to see too. So much good content based on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention that in my reflections. All right. All right. 
how about yourself? It has been a busy personal season. We moved into a new house a couple of months ago, which was a lot, but was great. We've done some traveling and now I'm growing a person, which is very exciting. I am rounding the corner into my eighth month of pregnancy, which went by super fast. It's been fun. And I have been very lucky to have had a very smooth, a smooth ride. Now I have to prep for family leave, which is I don't know, a lot. (laughs) Also means I have to think about things that are coming. I don't want to do that. I just want to continue like bumping into things and having an excuse to eat ice cream, but that is not how it works. So, and and it's a busy conference season. So I was with you at CSTA. I was at ISTE a few weeks before, have been giving lots of workshops and presentations in person and virtually, and it's been super fun. Traveling right now is a little tricky. We just swapped some stories about airport kind of war tales, but it's been nice to go around and I love giving workshops and doing webinars and and things like that makes me really happy. So it's been very busy and now I'm ready to kind of like hunker down for the next couple of months and focus before I go on my leave. Yeah. I think that's called nesting, right? Sure. Building your little nest. That's a kind way to put it (laughs) or just (laughs) sleeping until (laughs) September. September, because man, especially ISTE, that was the first conference that I have ever attended as an exhibitor. And if you have never been to ISTE, the exhibit hall is just absurd. Like I don't, it is a cartoon. It is, they, they put up a literal city, like the bigger businesses, Microsoft and Google build apartments with furniture and plants and things are hanging from the ceiling and they have like bars and baristas working. It's, it is absurd. And uh, the conference center in New Orleans, it was more than a mile long and it was 16,000 people attend that conference. And we had some amazing conversations. I got to be a part of some really great workshops, but it meant being on your feet and talking to people and jogging through that mile long conference center somewhere between like 10 and 14 hours a day, which I think would have been a lot if I wasn't seven months pregnant at the time. But by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm ready to like, I'm a pretty high energy gal. And like I said, this pregnancy has been very kind to me. But after that, I was like, I'm going to go home and eat some cake for a while. (laughs) You guys, you guys will hear from me next week. (laughs) Yeah. I attended ISTE several years ago in San Antonio and I used to go on, they weren't called conferences, but the trade shows, trade shows out there when I was Mm -hmm. at IBM and we would have booths at those and places like PC Expo and Las Vegas and huge, huge things. And ISTE was the first sort of education conference. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like as big as one of those trade shows. It's wild. And it's so worth it. You meet so many fascinating people and hear so many cool stories and get to share if you work for a company that you really believe in what they do and are super excited about it, like I do, it is very cool to be able to talk about the mission and what you want to do, but doing that 90 to 110 times a day, is just, <laughs> it's just a lot. We did have a prize wheel in our booth, which, so I got to spin the prize wheel a lot and used my game show announcer voice. And that was very cool. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are your reflections? Let's go back to CSTA, even though you already gave us some really great information about it. But now that we are, what are we a week out? No, almost not quite. We were there this time last week, but 
what are your reflections? What's kind of lingering with you? What are you still thinking about? Yeah, so there were three sort of sessions that really stood out to me. I went to one on Thursday that was for special development (laughs) writers. And I just learned even more about diversity issues that, you know, you would think me having all this background with tech girls and stuff. And you might literally be writing the book on like gender (laughs) gender equality in computer science. Yeah. Yeah. But there's still more to learn. So, you know, that's good and that's bad. But I think, again, this focus on equity and inclusion and belonging is so important. And I'm so glad to see it's coming from the top down. It's coming from the bottom up. It really has to come sort of all sides if, if we're going to solve it. Because on the other end, I went to another session that was focused on girls in computer science and, mm-hmm. you know, the stats are still crap. So yeah. <laughs> like, to, to put it professionally, yes. the stats are crap. <laughs> so we still have a lot of work to do. So yeah. Another session I went to was with Michelle Friend, who's a researcher I interviewed for the bringing CS education into K-8 classrooms. And she is doing research where she's actually getting feedback from teachers on the ground about what is it that is blocking them, whether it's something within them, something in their environment, the, you know, the school, the whatever, And so it's really good to see somebody paying attention to that and paying attention across the spectrum, again, not just in high school. So I really appreciate that. And I like, I want the research now, but she's still analyzing it. So she was giving us a little teaser. And then the last keynote was, I think, Microsoft Teals program, which they bring Mm -hmm. industry people into the classroom to work with classroom teachers um, about with computer science, but they had a panel that included two students plus one of these industry experts that came in and the, the students just like blew it, blew it out of the water. Like they were so amazing and they were both female and they were talking about how their sort of misconceptions and preconceived notions about CS and how this teacher and this uh, professional really helped open their eyes to Ooh. what the potential. And it was just like, yes, you know, here, here's a success story. So I think the whole spectrum. We, we still have a lot to do. There's still a lot of systemic issues, but then there's this potential. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the best perspective that you can leave a conference with, right? Is we have come a long way, which is great. And there is a lot left to go. Because if you are only focused on what you have left to do, it can be exhausting and you can leave feeling kind of hopeless. Yep. And if you're only focused on how far you've come, then you leave and you're like, oh, right. Well, I conquered that. What's next? And so <laughs> realizing that you're standing in the middle of the path and that you've made good progress and realizing that I feel strong and rejuvenated to keep going, I feel like is the best feeling that you can leave with. Yeah. And then of course I got in on your session with Carmen, not at the beginning, but by the time I came in, like you had so many people in that session, first of all, and they were so engaged. Like nobody was leaving that session, which was awesome. The energy was amazing. I'm almost a little bummed hearing about the sessions that you loved because I missed all of those because I was giving a session during one of them. And then I was on my way to the airport during the second, but I was lucky enough to give two sessions at CSTA 
And I was also feeling nervous about K-8 and I, I CSTA is kind of known for being high school heavy. And both of our sessions, one was on social emotional learning and robotics, which is for everyone, but SEL has taken a stronger hold and I think is taken a little more seriously in K-8. And the other session was on getting computer science out of designated technology time and kind of all over the school, integrating it into all different academics, how technology integration specialists can strengthen their relationships with teachers and build a thriving computer science ecosystem that was past just them. And we were featuring a master teacher named Carmen Logner, who teaches at Franklin Regional School District in right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She's fantastic. And she teaches K-5. And so between the SEL session and the session taught by a master teacher who teaches K-5, I was worried that we would not have a lot of people come to our sessions, but we were blown away. The poster session was like nonstop. Cute path. Sarah brought 30 pamphlets and was like, that should be enough. <laughs> no, I needed like quadruple that. And our session was like standing room, only packed tables. We didn't have enough finches and tablets. It was it was so great. And you're right. The energy in that room was fantastic that the educators were so engaged. They were so excited to be there. They were creating these lessons. There was cheering happening as they were having these breakthroughs. It was, it was very cool. So that has definitely stuck with me was the energy and the excitement and the confidence from teachers in the sessions that I gave those, I, I left feeling really pumped up. I always think about how amazing teachers are, but I left that session and I was like, wow, <laughs> like everyone, everything has been so hard for teachers in the past two years. And they are like more energetic and passionate and resilient than ever. It is just unbelievable. And I went to some really great sessions too. I was so pleasantly surprised by the focus on equity and inclusion. And so the ones that really stuck with me, I went to one called Including Students with Disabilities in Computing Education. This is something that we have been thinking a lot about in BirdBrain is how accessible our tools and our resources are. And I just loved that session. I love that the conversations are happening. They shared some really great resources they shared an app that had me feeling so excited that I went and contacted the makers of the app. And I thought, and I was like, can you include our robots on your app? And we have a meeting to try and nice. see if we can get this inclusive resource, if we can get programming with Finch and Hummingbird included on that app. So it, it lit a fire under me so much that that night I was back in my hotel, like Googling who made the app so I could contact them. <laughs> There was also a session called Beyond the Binary, Why Gender Equity in the Classroom Requires Queer Inclusion. And that was really interesting. I have so much more to learn on that subject. And I'm so grateful for people on both of those subjects. I'm so grateful for people that share their expertise and are so patient with those of us that are still learning and want to be a part of positive change and need to know how to do it. The, the patience and the like low floor, high ceiling of these sessions is very generous. If it's something that you feel very passionate about and you have to start back at square one, that's probably a little bit frustrating, but everyone was inclusive and kind and patient. And I just, I left with a lot of knowledge and in that great spot and the path that we talked about. And it's different to think about how I can bring these things into my work at BirdBrain versus how I brought these things into my library or my classroom. 
And I'm, again, I keep using this phrase, but pleasantly surprised to find that I am feeling just as inspired as I was as a full-time teacher. Now that I only teach part-time and am with bird brain full-time am excited about, I feel like I can make, still make a big difference with one foot in the classroom and one foot in a business that creates things for teachers. So I'm, I'm feeling revved up in a whole new way, which is very cool. Yeah. Well, you're definitely, you, you and Carmen are like the dynamic duo. My gosh, <laughs> your presentation and the energy, the audience was definitely, I shouldn't say audience participants were definitely feeding off that energy and kind of, it was just looping around there. So that was really cool. The other thing I forgot to mention is the participants were this great mix of educators, researchers, ed tech companies, nonprofits. I think that you kind of have to have all those people at the table yeah. to make change happen. And so they really have figured out how to bring that group of people together. So that was really cool. And that's not easy. I think when you're throwing a conference, things can, not, especially at a time like right now, when teachers are having trouble getting funding just to exist and to do their jobs. And so getting sent to conferences is not something that's very easy and so I, there's the concern that you'll show up and it'll be all vendors and one college professor. <laughs> it's like, Ooh, okay, what are we talking about now? But I agree. And I, I am betting that a lot of those teachers paid out of their own pocket or wrote grants. I just, I tell you the, the longer I live, the more impressed I am with educators. It's really, it's amazing. So Kim, now that CSTA has happened and you are kind of riding that wave of energy, what's next? Well, I already mentioned the CS Institute coming up and I guess what's next for me, I'm going into my final year of the EDD program. So hopefully by this time next year, I will be a doctor, which will be really cool. I think it really helped me focus on sort of what I want to do next, right? Because everybody wants to know, like, why did you do this and what are you going to do next? And this class that doesn't really- know Kim, it's because someone was offering knowledge. And like, is, I'm sorry, is Kim going to turn that down? Hello. And that's, that's a fairly obvious one. Um, but I feel like this conference, you know, really showed me that there is this place for me now sort of in between research and practice. Like, I feel like I can be that communicator and helper and take things like the CS Institute and things we do with tech girls and translate that into something bigger, which is one of the reasons I wanted to do this. And so now I'm feeling pretty good about it. And a piece that you have been struggling to find is where are the people that are taking the research and turning it into practice and taking notes on what works. And so it sounds like maybe you are finding your spot amongst those people and being like, okay, this is where I go. Right. Right. So I just, now I just need to write some grants and get some funding. That's all. And well, I mean, we kind of got what you're going to be doing um, (laughs) in the sort of near term. I am hoping that there will be a good balance. I am lucky enough to have a very flexible and extremely supportive team who is like thrilled that there is a baby entering the workforce. I also am really lucky to have a fully engaged and super supportive partner who also works a flexible job and is 100% engaged in parenting and excited for this journey. And so I am excited 
to grow my family and start that new chapter. And I'm also excited to continue on with the career that I love. And I know that finding a balance with that will take time and will be trial and error. And I'm excited for that. And I also feel like I'm going to be entering this conversation of the future of technology and literacy with like new amounts of skin in the game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as other people's children. It's one of the reasons why I teach and why I have taught it. I've, why I've taken it so seriously, but I also know that conversations about education are going to feel different when I I'm thinking about sending my own kid to kindergarten and what kind of education are they going to get? And are they going to be prepared for a job in 20 years that doesn't exist now? Like that's, I, I know that it will change my perspective and I think that will be a good thing. I look forward to seeing how that changes my role in the whole thing. And I think it can only make me better at my job and better at these conversations and more thoughtful. Short term, I'm excited to be helping you at least a little bit with the CS Institute next week, showing up with some robots and helping teachers to, to push them to experiment a little bit. We're going to be doing some Finch jousting. I just love the CS Institute every, every year, whether I get to attend or be a part of it from the teaching side. I, it's another one that I leave with lots of really good energy and I always learn something new and I'm excited to, to be there and joust and, you know, eavesdrop on some conversations. And so if you are doing the online version of the CS Institute, can't you still request a Finch for some amount of trial? You can. We have a free demo program and this is not necessarily, this is not a free offer to go along with the CS Institute no. or at CSTA. This is always here. This is why Bird Brain exists. We want you to get hands on and see how fun and exciting robotics can be. So on our website, which we can list under our resources, there is a free demo program. Any educator in the United States can request a finch or a hummingbird free for 60 days. We even cover shipping and you can just try it out. Take it home, take it into your classroom, see what you can do with it, dress it up, make it dance, make it sing, all of the different things. And uh, we have a brand new product that just came out called Owlet. It's an elementary math tool. And that when it arrives in September, we'll also be joining our demo program. So if you are an elementary math teacher and you want to learn more about Owlet, I would love to talk to you about that. So Finch, Hummingbird, and Owlet, which is two different tools called Glow and Cube, will all be part of our demo program. And you can sign up for all three of those right now, today. You can yeah, try I think that's robots. just so smart to do. I get really frustrated with products that don't let you demo them beforehand, especially if you're going to have to pay something. I don't understand that at all. So I'm so glad speaks, that y'all do that. In my mind, that speaks to confidence. Like if you yeah. have built something that you truly believe in and you think that people are going to love, then the best way to sell it is to let them try it. And it's not always about sales. Like we love getting robots into the hands of teachers and wish that we could do it for free all the time. And unfortunately, businesses have to make money. Um, and so- <laughs> So we can't necessarily give them away for free all the time, but we can do everything we can to ensure that teachers have access to them. And that 60 day trial can really make the difference between an administrator approving a funding request 
or having like the footage and proof and research and statistics that allow you to get a grant funded versus I'm pretty sure we're going to use this. So I'm, I'm proud of that program and our Finch loan program, which allows educators to borrow class sets of Finch robots for entire semesters if there are barriers to computer science education. Because, you know, as a company, we talk about our mission being inspiring, deep and joyful hands-on learning for all students. And you can't do that if students don't have access to your products. And you can't do that if your teacher doesn't have access. So bring on the access. We love it. So I, I've told you that I'm feeling a little bit like a robot dealer. So I realized <laughs> the it's the third time this summer I've um, met somebody out my garage to hand them a robot to borrow. <laughs> does, that, does that make me a dealer? I'm just imagining. So Kim likes to sit in her garage in her little lawn chair. She's like a cute little setup with like books, and magazines. And when I pull up to her driveway, it always opens and she's sitting there. So I'm imagining you with like, I don't know, like a sweatshirt and sunglasses. And you're like, are you here for the bots? Like, <laughs> get, get them hooked. Yep. That's the idea. So if you are in Charlottesville, uh, these are the design lab at UVA School of Education, which I am a part of. Uh, we also have robots and we love loaning them out. So let me know. I, I can be your dealer too. Say so you're going to have to go through Kim though, because she, <laughs> she does not delegate. She makes all deliveries herself. She runs, <laughs> she's very particular about her business. Oh my gosh. All right, Kim, any last things to include before we finish up today? I am just um, so grateful for the opportunities to go to things like CSTA and grateful that we have some listeners that are interested and hope that they are getting something out of our sharing about our experiences. I totally agree. And listeners, if you're out there and you want us to know it, you can always contact us on social media. I know our social media has been a little bit slower as personal and work has picked up for us, but we're still here and we still want to hear from you. So send out if there's anything you want to hear about, if you just want to say hello, we know you're downloading. We can see that. So yeah, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Tech, love, and happiness.